Today on We Here, we have so many interviews to share. Ben Samuel from Netflix's hit reality show Dating Around chats with us about what it was like to film his episode. Tracy Clayton, the co-host of the critically acclaimed BuzzFeed podcast Another Round, joins us to talk about her new projects. And CrossFit co-founder Lauren Janai got married. She and her husband gave us an update on what their life as newlyweds is like. Coming up next on We Here. Oh my God. Page six? Yeah. Uh -huh. No. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin. And I'm Ian Moore. Welcome to We Hear, a page six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. Maggie, today we have some great interviews, and I just wanted to put them in a little bit of context if you're not a Renaissance person like a Maggie Coughlin, and I've previously <laughs> heard of Ben Samuel, Tracy Clayton, and Lauren Janai. Okay, so from the top, we've got Ben Samuel, who is from the show Dating Around. It's on Netflix. It's a really cool concept. You get to see one person go on essentially five first dates. Right. And I have to admit, Maggie, I was not a fan of the show, and I watched – I've watched one episode of the show, which was Ben's episode, and that's kind of all you need to see, although it makes you want to watch the rest. It's absolutely hilarious. It's like a real person got dropped into a reality dating show, and his kind of authenticness, if that's a word, and also awkwardness on these five first dates. I mean, the guy is a is a college professor. He is not your usual kind of bachelor, mindless hunk with a 12-pack. And watching him navigate this dating scene is so entertaining and hilarious and really heartwarming. Totally. Our second interview on today's show is with Tracy Clayton, who used to be on Another Round, which is a great podcast. Now she's hosting Strong Black Legends as part of Netflix's Strong Black Lead programming. And one thing that she gets into is some of the controversy surrounding her BuzzFeed podcast. She's no longer doing that podcast, Another Round, which was a very popular show. But there's been a bit of a battle behind the scenes over exiting BuzzFeed and getting the show's back catalog. She really filled us in on what's going on. And Lauren Janai, co-founder of CrossFit, who Ian has been reporting on tirelessly, has gotten married. This story is was keeping me up at night. Maggie, when I first started writing about Lauren, um, she was the co-founder of CrossFit with her ex-husband. They had an acrimonious divorce years ago. And um, more recently, she got involved with a man who she had gone to high school with and hadn't seen for years. And he was awaiting trial for murder in the Florida Keys. So this story is about how a very accomplished multimillionaire rekindled a relationship with this guy behind bars. And it's taken a lot of unexpected twists and turns. And I'm happy to report that it actually has a really happy ending. She fought to get him out of jail and they just got married. And we have all the exclusive details about their wedding and their life together. They had never kissed before he was sprung from jail, Franklin Tyrone Tucker. And they joined us on We Here. This episode has everything. Hit it! Today we're joined by Ben Samuel from Netflix's Dating Around. 
a very fun dating show where one person goes on a date with five people in one episode. Yeah, and I should say, Maggie, I um, I would urge people out there, if you haven't seen the show, just watch episode two of season two, which is Ben's episode. And that's the one that you need to see. And um, we're obsessed with it. And so are a lot of other people. So is the entire internet, it seems. Ben, what is it like to be called too good for this world? <laughs> oh, oh, it feels about as good as you would think it would. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's humbling. Like that was one of my friends who said that about me. And I am like honored like that any, anyone would think that. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, Ben, you know, the thing is, so you're a professor at the University of New New Orleans, and I think one thing that people are responding to is that you don't seem like the typical kind of guy who's on a reality dating show like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I, I feel like they tend to be sort of mindless hunks, not that you're not attractive and hunky, but you're also obviously very smart and um and you're just not the usual person that we think of as seeing on a reality dating show so how did you even get on this show in the first place yeah great question um so uh my understanding is that the you know the dating around folks like send uh notices out to lots of different communities so not just the typical communities of like you know mindless hunks uh (laughs) anonymous um but uh but to, you know, uh, quilting groups and, you know, dance troops. And in my case, it was like this little improv theater that I uh, perform at. And so I, you know, the people at the theater, like, were talking about this opportunity. And I was single. And it, as, as you know, if you've seen the episode, don't have a ton of dating experience. And something, even though it sounds crazy and weird, I know something about the, like, the the fact that it would be televised almost mm-hmm. made it less scary than actual dating would be. What? Know? How? <laughs> like, like, like there's, there's almost like a sense of liberation. Like mm. if in an actual date, if it doesn't go well, like, whew, well, there's only two people responsible for it not going well. And it's probably not her. <laughs> it's probably not her. <laughs> but like, like TV show land, you can like, convince yourself right like oh sure maybe it doesn't go well and sure it's still probably my fault but at least i can tell myself i can sleep at night saying oh it was it was just the cameras and lights oh oh i it would have been great if it wasn't for that that was i think what i told myself when i first you know applied and 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 i i will say uh the whole experience ended up feeling uh, extraordinarily real and authentic <laughs> to a degree I wasn't expecting. <laughs> but wow. it, uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> so what was the experience like and watching yourself on the show? Um, what was your own reaction to to seeing yourself dating again? Do you think this was like an authentic depiction of, of you on a, on a date? I do. I do. Uh, yeah. Another, all these are fantastic questions. Uh, so, so, I, there's, and I feel like there's a few things to unpack there. Like one was like my own perception of me as a dater and this as an opportunity to grow as a dater. 
And from that standpoint, I think it was phenomenal. I think that I have acquired so many more tools about communicating, communication, and about just like understanding the expectations of the dating world in general that maybe most people pick up in high school, but I managed to pick up on Netflix. And I, <laughs> um, and so I think that like, I just feel better about myself as a dater now. And in terms of like this being an authentic representation of me on a date. So like, uh, of course, you know, we, we filmed over the span of a week, they distill that week's worth of footage down into, you know, approximately 30 minutes. So of course, like stuff gets, you know, left out, there's context that's missing. But mm -hmm. I actually was genuinely shocked at how faithfully I feel that they captured the feeling of every date. Like I, when I watched it, I, you know, you're always a little nervous, like, oh, like, mm -hmm. how are they going to make it look? Like, I thought that it really did a great job of capturing like all all the triumphs all the tragedies all the moments awkward and happy alike uh it felt very real and did you have to wear the same outfit on every date you do yeah 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 just um to help with the editing so we know it's you and the editing <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so you don't get the like the clark kent phenomenon of like <laughs> wait a second he wears glasses. Superman doesn't. Uh, no, yeah, just just because the way that the show works is that it interweaves between all of the dates. Uh, I think it would be a little jarring if you were wearing different clothing. Uh, I think that there ends up being some really really nice editing effects, um, and the wardrobe is is uh, a key a part of that component. And they do show you ironing your shirt at the beginning of your episode, so. You know, and I hoped no one would ask. That is probably the least real part of the entire. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Sorry to break your hearts. <laughs> movie magic ruined. <laughs> so, they had to teach me. They had to teach me how to iron. <laughs> so at the end of the at, at the end of each episode, um the the person you pick someone to go on a second date with and there's been a lot of speculation after your episode online about what happened did you end up having more of a relationship with the person who you picked people are speculating that you didn't because you guys haven't shown up on each other's social media accounts so can you tell us what your dating status is and your situation is today absolutely uh, so so first of all i just want to say I am like honored and touched that people are doing this like social media sleuthing. However, mm -hmm. the first thing that should be immediately obvious is I have no idea how social media works. Like yeah. I have two Instagram posts and I barely made that happen. So don't put too much stock into my activity as like indication of, of anything in my life. Uh, that said, uh, uh, I was, genuinely smitten with the person that I picked. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that they are an absolute angel, a huge force for good on this planet, uh, incredibly selfless at the same time, pursues her own passions, uh, a really, really phenomenal person. Uh, we did meet up uh, after filming, after everything, and uh, without going into too much detail, 
it 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 did not really turn into anything. It mm-hmm. it it didn't really manifest. Um, and uh, yeah, but I, uh, you know, but but hey, speaking of things that I learned about the dating world, that just happens sometimes. There was a lot of commentary on how you you had one of the dates you went on was with a woman who was who happened to be a student at the same university at which you teach, even though she wasn't in your department, as you pointed out, wasn't a student of yours. And there was this sort of awkward exchange where you admit that you probably shouldn't even be on a date together, which some people on the internet comment, had commentary that it was sort of an awkward exchange. I found it to be totally refreshing. Who would think that there would be ethics and reality dating? Thank you. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I, 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 like that. So, so that moment, I think, really touched a nerve with like a lot of people. Like it really affected people. I, mm-hmm. I don't actually really know what TikTok is, but my understanding is that that clip of that moment where I learned she's a student went viral on TikTok. So there was this like sense of like, that really captured people's imaginations. And yeah, th- there has been some reaction of like, oh, it's awkward. And like, sure, of course it is. But I like, uh, I mean, let me just make it very clear, re- regardless of like, oh, is she in the same department as you or whatever? Like, oh, would HR sign off on it? Or, you know, what, what have you like, a relationship is all based on like, you know, trust and communication. And when you have like a professor and a student that is creating a power dynamic that I think is, I strongly believe that is not a good foundation to build a relationship off of. And so, uh, you, I, yeah, I, 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 I did my best to handle that moment with, uh, grace. I did my best to handle that moment with kindness, but also making it very clear that like this was not a good idea. And I, uh, if, if some people choose to interpret that as awkward, then then that's their choice. But I, uh, I'm very happy with how I handled it. And I am extremely happy with how, you know, Netflix chose to present that exchange. Last question uh, I, I before we wrap. No, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I want to stand up at my mic and applaud, but I don't know <laughs> if I can do that. Our last question before we wrap is, if you could give our listeners any dating advice, anyone who's, you know, getting back out there after maybe a long-term relationship or afraid to date, like you said, you were kind of skeptical, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I uh, uh, another great question. Um so this is, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I'll, I'll say it again. It was definitely the biggest lesson that I learned from this experience. All my life growing up, I would allow my own perception of self, my own self-worth to be dictated by the person I had a crush on. Oh, I'm in love with this person. They don't feel the same way about me. There must be something wrong with me. I must be bad. And, and you know, of course... Self-reflection, introspection, self-improvement, great things. We should always be doing that. But I definitely was guilty of, and I think maybe many people are guilty of doing that to like an unhealthy degree. Like, oh, this person doesn't like me and thus I don't like me. And I think the big 
lesson that I learned and the, the, the piece of advice that I would give to the listeners at home is you can be an absolutely incredible person. And in fact, you probably are. And the person that you're dating is also probably a wonderful, incredible person. And if it doesn't work out, if they don't have the same feelings for you that you have for them, that sucks, it stings, grieve, mourn, cry, do what you need to do, it's okay. But the thing that I would recommend not doing is like creating this narrative that you're not deserving of love. Like just because that dynamic or that chemistry between the two of you didn't exist or work out, it doesn't mean that you are failing in any way. And like, you know, I love you <laughs> and I hope you love yourself too. Um, so that's, that, that's what I learned. And I hope other people can take that away as well. I wish, I wish I knew that when I was in high school. <laughs> so profound. I was out to say, Ben, where were you when I needed you? Yeah, I'm not married now, but <laughs> oh, you're married. Then, 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 then I should be asking you for advice. Yeah, <laughs> right. No. Uh, well, I say Netflix. If you're listening, you have to give Ben at least his own other episode, if not his own spinoff. He needs a book deal. We need more of Ben. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so much fun to talk to you today. Thank you so much. The pleasure's been all mine. A big welcome to Tracy Clayton, podcast icon and extraordinaire, host of Strong Black Legends podcast. You might know her from another round. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So much to discuss. (laughs) (laughs) So... Tracy, can you tell us we are at a moment in history in which things are changing and you've been hosting a podcast that spotlights Black talent. What does this mean for future episodes? For future episodes of Strong Black Legends in particular? Mm -hmm. Um, That's a great question. I think it's one that we're just now starting to dive into because the world's different. Like you said, you know, like before it was as easy as hopping on a plane and going to interview Debbie Allen or Jack A. Harry. But now, you know, travel is scary. I would rather do a lot less of that until the world calms (laughs) down. Um, And I think the producers are trying to figure out, you know, how do we deliver the same experience of an in-person interview, you know, in those interviews that we want you to feel like you're in the room there with us. And when we're not even in the room with our interview subjects, it's like, well, how can we add the listener in as well? Um, So it means... It means change, it means challenges, and hopefully it means growth in new ways of doing something that was a lot of fun and that people really like a lot. And you've gotten so many great guests in the past, like Garrett Morris and uh, John Witherspoon. And can you, is there anyone on your wish list who you've either, who you were hoping to get before? I mean, the show's gotten so much acclaim, I assume you can get a bigger reach of guests but is there anyone in particular who you just are dying to have on the podcast? Mm-hmm. Well, you'd think we'd have an easier time booking, but Beyonce is apparently still very busy. <laughs> uh, so there's that. So is Oprah. But um, I have a lot of a lot of just people that I want to just like sit down and get drinks with. One, the first name that popped into my head is Don Cheadle. 
Um, mm -hmm. And that's because I've had a massive crush on Don Cheadle for a really long time. Uh, so a lot of these are very self-serving wishes. It's a good uh, criteria for guests. I yeah. mean, I, if I just, the more excited I am for the interview, the better the interview will be, right? So it totally. be somebody that I want to marry. This is my life. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it about Don Cheadle that uh, makes you crush on him? Don Cheadle looks like he's got the most, like, moisturized, poreless skin. Like, it just looks like satin sheets. And I just want to, like, wrap <laughs> myself up in them while he just says words, any kind of words. Also, he's a great dancer. Don't know if you know about his background. I've never seen his dancing. He was, ah, I'm on the spot. He was, he danced back up in an R&B video, I want to say in the 80s. Hmm. I want to Google it and I'll let you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, a man of many talents, um, very outspoken on Twitter, not afraid to say, you know, what everybody else is afraid to say. Um, mm -hmm. The anti-Terry Crews, I would say he might be. Is that, a, is hmm. that legal? Is that true? Yeah, you could say that. Okay. Then I stand yeah. by it. <laughs> but also, like, iconic. Like, he's been in so many different things. And it's, he's a face that everybody knows, even if you don't know where you know him from. Mm -hmm. um, also, he's gorgeous. Um, so I know that there's been some kind of back and forth about another round and the ownership of it. Can you speak to that at all? Sure. So essentially what is happening is we are attempting to gain ownership of our back catalog from BuzzFeed. As mm -hmm. of now, we own everything else. We own the name, we own the feed and the in some other terms that I'm not even too sure what they mean all the way, like the IP and like the this and the that. My understanding is that we own everything except for the back catalog. Mm. I um, I distinctly remember us pushing for the back catalog when they offered us ownership of the show, which, of course, is you know unheard of in the industry, and it's sad that it's unheard of in the industry. Yeah, one thing that's interesting about this situation is I remember um, reading an interview with you a while back where you were saying that podcasting as a medium, one of the great things about it is that it's given people of color and, and women who might not have had their voices heard in more traditional media a, a platform. So so there's a more diverse group of people podcasting. So it, I mean, it's interesting. On one hand, you have the podcasting medium, which which I guess gives people the voice. But then in terms of the distribution, maybe people are ending up in deals that you know aren't aren't good for them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like there are some industries, like you were saying, where like black folks can really, really exercise their voices and be heard. And like that kind of um, listenership is like precious, precious. Like once a podcaster loves you, they love you. You know what I mean? So switching gears a little, I have to ask you, what has been bringing you joy in quarantine? What have you been doing to kind of keep yourself going? Hmm. This is this is a an answer that changes by the minute. I think. Mm -hmm. um, I am trying to, and it sounds so like, well, to me it sounds corny and cliche because I'm always like trying to do it, but I'm just trying to stay present, and I'm mm -hmm. trying to um, notice um, moments that do bring me joy versus okay, I need to sit down and have joy for 30 minutes, which is how I was trying to do it. And it's just like, okay, this is, mm -hmm. joy is making me anxious. And I feel like I'm just doing it backwards. Um, so now, like, when I, when it's time to relax, I have, like, a few, um, like, dedicated um, hobbies that I'll get into. I like to crochet. I can Ooh. only make blankets because I don't understand how sleeves work or just, like, the round parts of 
(laughs) Elbows, shoulders. Yeah, where do you put those? And how do you get fashion around the whole thing? I don't know. So I make lots of blankets because I can only crochet in straight lines. Um, uh, Recently, I've been watching a lot of wrestling documentaries with a friend of mine. Whoa, that's really interesting. Yeah. Are you a wrestling fan? I am not an active wrestling fan, but I grew up being a wrestling fan. Like, um, loved wow. me some Macho Man, loved me some Undertaker. Hmm. And so um, on the WWE app, there's this really great um, documentary series with The Undertaker called The Last Ride, where it's like, you know, is he finally bowing out? Because he's like, I don't know how it is. Um, anyway, if any he's of this old. is <laughs> he's too old to be wrestling is when I'm just sit down. Undertaker, you've been doing that. <laughs> Um, but aside from that, I have like, you know, like, I like goofy little iPhone games that can just like mm-hmm. that require no thought, like low stakes, everything. I love um, those like top 10 lists on YouTube of like the top 10 scariest places in America. Mm. Because it's just like, is it true? I don't know. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> <laughs> just anything that can put my brain on autopilot for a while mm-hmm. is, is really it's doing it for me these days. And can you tell us, I know you're you're working on a, a, a new project. Can you tell us anything about it? Just the, a little hint of, of what you're what you're doing next. Yes, I can. So um, I have been making approximately 300,000 podcasts during quarantine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, just in case somebody has a moment to forget me. Surprise, here's another show. <laughs> um, but this one I'm really, really excited about. It's a show called Back Issue. It's all about um, pop culture moments that I and my co-host, Josh Gwynn, who is also the producer for Strong Black Legends, Um, just moments that we're really obsessed with and moments that like, we're like, do you remember this time when this person did that thing? What? Mm -hmm. Like, let's get some information about it. Like deep dives Mm -hmm. into moments that we think are important that, um, if we were working at a larger media company, we might have to like fight to get like these stories or just like, just fight for airtime to be able to like sit and consider, um, I don't know, like Divas Live. Like, what if we just want to talk about the Divas for a while? Let's let's do mm-hmm. it. Let's do something that, like, we... Something to remind us that being happy is okay and that being joyful is revolutionary, especially now, especially for Black people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be fun. Lots of laughs, lots of um, references. I love a good pop culture reference. Lots mm-hmm. of really bad singing on my part. I will apologize mm-hmm. for that in advance. But... Um, it's going to be fun. It's already fun. And I, I think uh, I think folks will really like it. Wow. Well, we'll definitely look forward to hearing that. And if you need any ideas, Ian and I like to talk about crazy moments in pop culture all the okay. time. We'll, yeah, and we'll email you some thoughts. And I, yeah, I do the bad singing on this podcast. So I'm going to be looking <laughs> forward to hearing what you do. All right. Get some, get some inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, and also I'm sorry at the same time. <laughs> Tracy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Of Thanks. course, thanks for having me on. Today we're joined by CrossFit co-founder Lauren Janai Tucker and her husband Tyrone Tucker. Thanks for joining us today, you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so we, there's been oh go Maggie oh, go, ahead. go ahead. I was ahead. I was going to say CrossFit is back in the news in, in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. And Lauren, we just want to talk to you about where you are with all of that. Yeah, crazy times for CrossFit, that's for sure. Um, you know, watching what's happened with CrossFit's not been easy for for me or for us. Um, 
it's very, I feel it's unfortunate that uh, things have gone the way they have. And at the same time, I think that the changes, it looks like the changes that have been made are very positive. I don't know much about the person who, who bought uh, CrossFit from my ex-husband, but um, from a very outside perspective, he seems to be doing all the right things. So um, in terms of, you know, how I feel for CrossFit and the brand, I'm, I'm optimistic that it will recover from, you know, what, what it's gone through and move forward and to, you know, fulfilling its all its potential. And Lauren, were you surprised at the controversy that cropped up? I mean, it kind of came out of the blue, but obviously you're familiar with the organization and all the players. Were you were you shocked by it or um, were you not surprised? I was not surprised. I, actually, I was more surprised that something like this didn't happen sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my ex-husband is not the most politically correct person um, and he can definitely get on some tangents where he's not thinking about um, everything he should be thinking about as a, as a CEO or owner, founder of, a com- of such a big brand. Um, and so it, it wasn't very, it wasn't surprising at all, um, you know, how it happened and, you know, the, it, you know, the racist uh, comments came out and then like a, what, a week later, there's, you know, these, you know, the accusations about, you know, you know, a sexist environment and sexual harassment, you know, that kind of was surprising that it just kind of snowballed. And I actually felt bad for Greg in a way, because it did seem like, you know, he was, was targeted in a way. And, and, you know, there's a bandwagon, you know, out, out to get him at, at one point there, it felt like, and um, that was a little bit um, surprising, but no, I, I, he's, you know, this could have happened at any time. And you recently launched your own fitness brand, right? And you you launched a new brand d- during the coronavirus pandemic and right before you just got married. Yeah, so I've been working on Manifest for, oh, God, six years now, I think. Um, and we just came to an official launch recently. So, yeah, there's been a lot going on in my life, <laughs> in our <laughs> life, <laughs> you know, juggling a lot of things right now. Um, so, you know, super happy that we're married finally, because mm-hmm. that's not just because I'm happy that we're married, but it's also one less thing <laughs> on our plate to deal with. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been so, a busy time. And so you and Ty, congratulations. You got married on Friday, right? Yes. Yeah. And wow, you're super newlyweds. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is your honeymoon being yep. on our podcast. <laughs> yep. Yep. We're still on our honeymoon, still in bed. I'm so still in bed on the podcast. <laughs> and what was, so this journey um, has been pretty incredible and it, it's been amazing to write about, I have to say, because your story is, it's, it's really unbelievable um, in that when you first got engaged Ty was incarcerated. He was awaiting trial. Lauren, you were basically trying to get him out on bail. And at times it seemed like that was, you know, near impossible. Um, Can you describe what you were both feeling when you finally got to this point where Ty is free? He's now living with you in Oregon, right? And you're actually getting married. You two thought that you were going to get married in 
in in a jail and here you are getting married at home and I saw a picture of the wedding cake which was beautiful can you just tell us what was what you were feeling when this moment actually happened oh excited but you know a lot of people ask me um, if I was nervous and absolutely I was not nervous because the first time around we were supposed to get married when the family and I went to um, Key West and thought that we'd be getting married in jail. That was stressful, and that, you know, not knowing what that whole situation was going to be like. And when we went um, on that trip, I wasn't sure we would be getting married if it would if we would actually succeed in that. And um, you know, we got something better than us getting married at that moment. We got Ty out um, while he is not free exactly because he is still on house arrest having him here and being able to get married in the comfort of our own home has been, you know, incredible. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, I came to tears. Yeah. he did. Um, I never cried, but man, I came to tears when, 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 you know, she was actually standing in front of me in her wedding dress. And yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I can't even describe how much I love this woman. And uh, it, it, it literally brought me to tears. Both of us, yeah. It, it was kind of an overwhelming, a very good, oh yeah, overwhelming, yeah, feeling. Yeah, be able to look in his eyes and hold his hands, and you know, have a wet, real wedding kiss, and mm-hmm. all that was just it was really, really special. I remember in one of our stories, Lauren, you had told Ian that you two had never even kissed prior to Ty's release. Correct. That yes. was our first kiss. Yep. Yep. Actually, wow. somebody. Oddly enough, uh, one of uh, one of the people who, you know, who gave us wedding uh, a wedding gift, but they had framed the first kiss that we had when when I got outside of jail. And they had it blown up and framed, and and then they gave it to us as a wedding present. And oh, it, that's it, cool. Yeah, yeah, it means a lot to us, you know. Um, you know, because that at that moment in time, that was that was you know, it was special in a lot of ways. I mean, not only was it our first kiss, but you know, I mean, I was walking out of jail. And into the woman I love's arms, so it, it was kind of a very special moment for us. And can you tell us just some details about what the what the wedding was like? What so you had the wedding at home? I guess you obviously had to keep it pretty small because of the um, coronavirus situation. And um, what was it like? So, Lauren, you had a wedding dress. I saw that the cake was amazing. What were some of the other details of, can you just tell us about the wedding ceremony? Yeah, it was a, it was a, a small gathering, you know, mostly people who are household members or, or you know, have been around us quite a bit um, during this time of um, kind of being locked down due to the virus. Um, so it was probably 15, 20 people. I don't even think it was 20. I don't, yeah, it probably wasn't even 20. So it was, my, it was beautiful, though. My my girls looked spectacular, and my boys looked adorable. Um, we did a theme uh, that was white, black, and purple. Mm-hmm. And so the wedding party was a combination of that. Um, purple being both of our favorite yeah, color. Yeah, purple is our favorite color. And you saw the cake, so that kind of that kind of was the color pattern. Right, and the cake said on it, it said, till death do us part, right? And it had some cool kind of sort of day of the dead sort of like sugar skulls is that what those were on there yeah exactly yeah we both kind of have a thing for those too uh we did stream it live on facebook for the people who couldn't be there and then we had a zoom cocktail party 
there was supposed to be 40 minutes and it turned into like two, two hours or something like that. Yeah. yeah. We were on zoom for a while. <laughs> so that was really fun. I've learned. I don't like zoom by the way. It's the first <laughs> time I've ever done it. And you know, when you got so many people on there and everybody's trying to talk all at once, it makes it, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not the biggest fan of zoom. <laughs> and did you got, did you guys feel a sense of vindication in a way? Because I have to say, in following the story, uh, your story, you know, there must have been people who thought, is this relationship really going to work out? You know, what's going on? Obviously, the circumstances under which you got together were definitely complicated. Um, you know, we've written that you 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 knew each other in high school, but you really hadn't seen each other since then, and you had had this bond as teenagers, and then... Um, reconnected when Ty was, you know, imprisoned and, and Lauren, you found out that he needed help on Facebook and you got very involved in his case and believed his innocence. But I have to say, when we started writing about this, if you were just, if you didn't know you two and you were just reading about it, you might've thought, is this, is this going to work out? And it's amazing that it has, it's very romantic, but did you, I assume you two believed in it all along, but did you feel a sense of vindication that you you really proved something that this worked and you you have gotten married and you are together and you are in a, a relationship that's lasting? Um, you know, I know there were a lot of naysayers. Oh, um, a ton of them. A ton of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should have seen some of the comments after the Inside Edition piece. I mean, you know, some of them were pretty horrible. But uh, Yeah, I mean, the thing is that people don't realize is, and I was the entire talking about this um, just the other day, is we we spent now almost three years together you know um it, most of it was not in in physical contact but we spoke every day for hours and hours and we dealt with all kinds of issues that you know married couples or you know partners deal with that are completely stressful so you know i they nobody saw that part and saw what we have gone through and together and it, those kinds of things that we've gone through are such great building blocks for a lasting relationship and you know for me i just i understand why people you know thought it was not believable or wouldn't work out i i see that perspective but you know i don't necessarily i wouldn't say i necessarily feel vindicated no i wouldn't say that um just because it's never it's just we want to, we it's want never to really it's never been a real issue for us as far right. as that goes. I mean, one of the things I used to tell Lauren all the time when I was in jail is like, baby, if we can get through this, we can get through anything. There's nothing we can't work out. You know what I mean? So you know, going through what we've already gone through, it's like, you know, yeah, life throws all kinds of things at you. And married couples have to deal with these things, you know, in any relationship. Um, but the thing is, is you know, we've already gone through so much together that the idea that anything's going to come up that we can't handle together, it, it just isn't there. And I mean, you know, I kept, you know, and as far as the wedding, I mean, I, look, I've, I've, I've had a thing for Lauren since I was 14 years old. You know, I felt like this is long, long overdue. I don't think we really feel vindicated because actually, you know, and the other thing is, you know, in a sense, neither one of us really care as far as what other people have to say. You know, people can say whatever they want. We're the ones who have to live with each other. We're the ones that have to, you know, we, we, we're the ones who get to be together, you know. So, uh, you know, when people, they're going to say whatever they're going to say. Yeah. And in the meantime, you can enjoy being newlywed. So, 
Yep, exactly. It's it's great. Thank you so much for for talking to us and congratulations again. And I I have to say honestly, it's been it's been incredible um following your story and 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 writing about it and uh and we look forward to continuing talking to you and seeing what happens next. That's awesome because I love talking with you too and Yep. sharing our story with you so yeah yeah it is, it is kind of it's gotten kind of personal with you because man you have been following this story for a long time thanks so much no, thank you well that's it for this episode of we here our show is produced by jamila zara williams and melissa caceres we would love to hear your questions and any ideas you have for the show please send us an email at podcasts at nypost.com To hear the latest We Hear episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. And don't forget to leave us a review. We will be back tomorrow with more Page Six exclusives. See you then.